Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wellness League podcast. My name is Jenna and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm, my name is Ella and I'm also one of your co-hosts. We're excited to be back for our fifth week in a row of recording and we've got some exciting things to talk about coming up in today's episode. So, Jenna, how was your week? My week has been pretty average, to be honest. I've been sick with a cold. Oh, that really cold. Oh, poor girl. <laughs> yes, yes. So I don't usually get colds that much, but this year has been atrocious for it. So I had the flu earlier in the year oh. and now this one. But um, I'm getting better. So cold and flu tablets and lots of lemonade. Oh, how good. <laughs> yeah. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Like nothing out of the ordinary, nothing amazing, nothing crap. I think seven and a half out of ten, we call it. <laughs> a pretty good score, I would consider just above average. Yeah. 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 Good week. We made it. Good week overall. Nothing outstanding. Yeah. Didn't so want to punch was, anyone this week, so we're good. Lifted weights instead. That's it. That's exactly what you need to do. So on today's episode, we are talking about the top 10 things that you wish you would have known before becoming a personal trainer. Well, there's so many. I could write a full list about everything I think I wish I knew. Yeah. But I think if we can give you a couple of tips for people wanting to become trainers or who have recently become trainers to make their experience in the industry a little bit better. Absolutely. That's what we are that's here what for. That's we're here for. Yeah, it's not to deter anyone or to make anyone think it's it's hard it's more so to make think about these things and plan ahead so you can really succeed and be the yeah. best personal trainer possible so we've spoken to a, a few of our trainer mates we put a call out on instagram yes. to see what other people recommended and we got some really good ones yes we had some really good responses from trainers who have been in the industry for many many years yeah and we've also come up with some ourselves so our first one one of our listeners said they wish they knew more about business yeah, that's a big one, I think, for personal trainers because essentially you are working for yourself and it, it's mm. up to you on how successful you are. Yeah, so like simple things like your tax, your leave, your super, and just your reality of your earning capacities. Yeah, all the logistics involved. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really hard. Yeah, and even when it comes to like how to market your business, how to sell yourself, how to keep clients, all of the stuff. Yeah running a business in any industry that you need to know from personal experience so when i did my cert for it was like a joint package that you do your cert mm. for and then there was also an opportunity to do your diploma of business yeah which i'm really glad i did because yeah. stuff in there was really quite helpful and i feel like a lot of trainers not so much your diploma but i feel like yeah. there should be a quick easy courses for trainers to go and do a quick business course just yeah. to learn the yeah. basics if you're not uh business savvy business minded um like or I have think, a background in yeah, it yeah it's quite hard having a coach or a mentor is probably super beneficial if you're first going into the industry yeah if you have no idea how to even start promoting yourself and you need that support yeah i think this is also important to have people around you to ask questions yeah. as well yeah. And also, once you get in deeper, having someone like an accountant or yeah. a tax advisor to help you with all the smaller things, that really Those helps. Things. Yeah, yeah. Because then your tax return gets quite complicated too. Yeah. There are some great PT managers that uh, do that for, for work. So if you're going into a gym and you're, you're going to be paying rent 
there's often a PT manager yeah, right. who can be that person, be mm. that support and help you, you know, things that you just don't know and don't think of. Yeah. Um, they can help you build your business up, which is great to have. But then there are a lot of gyms that it's sort of off you go, kind of, you're yeah. on your own. Choose your own scary. adventure. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have that background or you're not business-minded. Yeah, because that goes into the next question. Another listener of the pod sent yeah. in... What's some examples of like an employee model that you can go into after getting yeah. qualified? Yeah. And so things like going into a gym, they some of them have rent models, some of yeah. them want you to be an employee like a casual or yeah. like a contract employee or you go into like a percentage That's split. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they're probably the top three, I would say. So employee models, you get paid by the award rate. It's usually as a casual personal trainer. So yeah. there's no sick leave, annual leave or anything like that. You just get paid for the work you do as a casual employee. Yep. Often that, yes, that's going to be a lower rate per hour than if you're working as yourself on a rental model. But at the same time, if you go into something like that, your tax is sorted. Yes. And it makes it a lot easier. It does make it easier. The only downfall I guess is your sort of caps of your earning mm. potential when you're running your own business as a personal trainer you're either paying rent or you're renting a space in your own studio yeah. which is another thing you could do then you can charge what you want per session and you can increase that as your as time goes on and, and you're more valuable and you've got more experience yeah what models have you worked in before uh i've definitely done the employee i've also done a percentage i didn't do any rental because i was very i don't like the idea of that like it works for some people who know they're going to have a big client base or you're bringing a client base along with you yeah so you have a good base to start with yeah and the split like the split works well as well i'd much prefer that so it might be like i don't know whatever it sort of can be negotiated but it's often like i don't know 70 30 60 40 Mm. Um, so that means that if you're charging $100, we'll just do that because it's easy for me to work out. Yep, go math. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll get $60 and my person that owns the business is taking 40 So that's yeah. their, their cut of it. That works well if you've got less clients. As you start, you know, if you were booked out 40 sessions a week, mm. you're probably better off just paying rent because you're, then you're You have paying, a capped limit on what you're giving yeah, back to the yeah, business that you're working you're within. A lot of money back to them mm. out of work that you're doing so then you'd probably want to negotiate a rent rental system if that was the case yeah so i've worked in one where we did something like that and it was all right but i just didn't i was very early into becoming a trainer and it was yeah. really quite hard in the gym that i was in to get clients to make it worth it yeah. i had to kind of supplement it on the side with running classes as well which was yeah, fine yeah yeah which is a good way to bring clients over but i think working in the employee model under a casual rate was a lot easier mm-hmm. there are also some gyms that will do a rental model mm-hmm. but they will in lieu of rent some rent you yep. can run the classes or do some admin right. hours and things like that yeah which works well if you don't have that many clients obviously if you are a, a really successful pt who's charging quite a bit per session per per hour whatever yep. it is then you doing a, I don't know, whatever it is, $25 class or admin shift is yeah. not, you know, the value of that hour and that time, your time is not is worth so much more yeah. if you can put a client in that. So you've got to be mindful of these things. Obviously, starting out, just take some of the risk out of it. Yep. But, yeah, the more successful you get, 
then those risks, you don't have those risks. Yeah, look, as bad as it sounds, you really just need to try a bit of everything and just yeah. find what's best for you. Because, yeah. look, we can say what we think, but yeah. it might not yeah. be right for your listener. Every, it's going to be different for each person. Mm. You know, you, you might get people who are really outgoing and do quite well with sales and can really promote yeah. themselves. And, you know, different models are going to suit different people. Of course, yeah. And, yeah, so it just depends on who you are individually and to make sure that you read your contracts yeah. through. Another thing is understand. take your contract to somebody who knows, who, mm. yeah. yeah. Yep, get them really read through properly. Yeah, because there can be little things in there you might not know about, yep. like breaking the contract for mm. whatever reason, trying to get out of it, bond holding and things like that. Yeah, that very true. You might not be aware of who you can advertise to, who you can bring into the gym, yep. who trains, all things like that. And another thing, if the people you bring into the gym have to have a membership yeah. or they have to pay a casual fee on top of your yeah. training. That, that then limits you to who you can actually advertise yeah. to. It's not, for that, I would say, like, promoting out on social media or if you're using ads even to, like, you know, sort of, like, whatever state you're in wide, it's not really going to suit. You're going to have to be locally. Another model is... That you work online and or yeah. for yourself. Yep. Yeah, of course. So you can be an online PT. That's going to be, I think, having a point of difference and a niche because it, there's a lot of PTs and your pool of competition expands yeah. to like now I'm competing with PTs mm. in all states. I think it's better from personal experience to start somewhere in a gym yeah. and then once you get successful or once you feel like you need that next step up, then take it online. Yeah. I think it's really important to go and get that experience on training people one-on-one. Oh, definitely to, mm. useful to know how to cue people and know of course. how to move and um, things to look out for. Of course, you don't have to. If you want to jump straight online, go for it. But it is nice to have that. It's easier to understand it is, yeah, yeah. your client. Yeah. That goes to another listener came in and said about form is everything. Yeah. And that they wish they knew that from the beginning to help prevent People injuries. like with injuries, yeah. 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 And like cueing them correctly and how important that is to have the client understand exactly what you're yeah. trying to deliver. Which can be hard mm. online. Said a lot of people will ask their clients to upload videos. I think you've done that yeah. with someone in the past where you've uploaded whatever you're doing and yeah. the, the coach has given you feedback based just, on what they're seeing. Yeah, so I did that with a lifting coach yeah. maybe two years ago when I was doing a lot of CrossFit. Mm. There's a few things I wanted to fix. I just felt like I had to go and find that externally to get it yeah, right. Yeah. It was fine, but you do a whole session, record the videos, then you sent it off and get the feedback, but then you've just done your whole session wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, sure. you'll be ready to go and fix your next one. Yeah. But I feel like I've just wasted a whole hour session because my form was terrible. Yeah. And if that person was there in person, they mm. would have said, oh, just tweak this, and then you would continue on with that tweak. Yeah, correct. Also, form in person yeah. is quite hard. I think... It's really good to learn correct form yourself before you go and teach it as yeah. well. I know I wasn't very good at that. I, I'm better at giving form and fixing other people than I am doing myself. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's just something that I've always worked on and yeah. it I helps me train. Of course, yeah. Looking at someone else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, form, very interesting. <laughs> the next one is the hours and split shifts. Not many people were aware of yeah. the hours that, are involved not typical nine to five no. every Friday at all. Most PTs will go in starting as early as four thirty five a.m. Yeah, so you'll be looking at that time when people aren't at work. So yeah, yeah like five o'clock, maybe nine a.m. You might have some 
mums during that early mm. morning and then you often have a break and then you're back to work 5, so, yeah. 6 p.m. Or even sometimes a bit 8. earlier because you have the, like, the school kids coming in. Yeah, yeah. If you get lucky in a gym where you do have people coming in during the day, like yeah, have like a seniors or mum classes throughout the day, that's great. Yeah. But it's very rare for that kind of setup to be like that. Yeah. So for people with, I guess, a family, it can Mm. be hard to work around that. Because obviously you're working, if you've got a partner who works uh, a nine-to-five job. Or Or even shift work. Yeah. So then you're working every morning and every night. So you're probably missing out dinner and things like that. Yeah. Which um, you'd be doing in the evening. It's just really hard. When I was doing my courses, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't really like early mornings and I don't like late nights. And the people teaching us were like, well, you're going to get used to it. Like that's what you just, it's a part of your job both initially mm. as you get further on down the down the track you can pick your hours a little better yeah yeah you can say i only work mornings and yep. people will probably work around that if you're a high demand pt yeah but at getting started you, you kind of just gotta work you gotta jump in you gotta dive in deep and take whatever you can yeah. get to be honest it sounds horrible but that's just and what you have to do it can be it takes a special person to like last in that mm. it, very easy to burn out if you're not managing your energy correctly yeah so that's something certainly to be mindful of is making sure you're getting enough rest well, it your is, own training mm, it is quite a high career for burnout as well yeah like yeah people we, don't last mm. very long um because it is exhausting yeah. yeah yeah all right another listener of the pod sent through another question saying cert three why do you get to teach a group when you do your cert four to teach just one person well, Cert 4 is like a PT one-on-one training. So yeah. it's not that you're just teaching a class to one person. Mm. It's that you're it's a programming, whole lot more. you're yeah. individually programming, you're periodizing, you're doing movement, you're prescribing movement to an individual and yep. you might be looking at, like we talked about, forms. So mm-hmm. you might do a form assessment, assessing movement patterns and things like that and then prescribing exercises the programs you're periodizing over certain week blocks. Yeah. You're not just writing a group fitness class. So it's not just about the number of people. Yeah, I think your Cert 3 is really good for teaching a group because, yeah, a group you can just write a very easy program that covers everyone. Yeah. Yeah, you'll learn to make it easier for the person who needs it and harder for it needs to be. Yeah. But when you go into Cert 4, you learn how to cope with different kind of health problems, yeah. like different kind of injuries. And you learn a lot deeper into every category so that you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it, as I said, it's not about the, the number of people that you're, you're coaching. It's absolutely about the specifics mm-hmm. and programming in detail versus, you know, a sort of, which could be seen as a cookie cutter program. Yeah. Here we go, we can make regressions and progressions if yep. you need it. It's not that detailed. Your cert for definitely does help you teach your group classes. Yes. But, um, yeah, I'm very glad I did both. Yeah, I think... It is, like, most people don't do just Cert 3 unless mm. they're just wanting to teach group fitness and that's yeah. all they needed. Yep. But that's why most RTOs will offer it as a package, as Cert 3 and 4 yeah. fitness. Yep, yeah. definitely. Learning about, like, how the industry is very much 80% people but 20% fitness. So you yeah. can't come into the industry not liking people because it don't work. People. Yeah, yeah, you have to be a people person. A lot of trainers have said it's kind of like a bit of a therapy session. Yeah, you're literally an unqualified, like, <laughs> psychiatrist, psychologist kind of. The things yeah. that you listen to and people just like to talk about everything when they're going, yeah. when you're training them, so. Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've got to be able to talk to people, empathise with people mm. and 
get along with people and enjoy it. Otherwise yeah. you're not going to last if you don't enjoy it. Yeah. If you can't have a laugh and you take everything too seriously, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely – so I'm more introverted and I know that being with people for prolonged periods of time mm. is tiring for me and I need to go home and yeah. um, regroup and, like, re-energize. Re- yeah, refill, yeah. So I found, for me, when we're talking about those split shifts, I would run mornings, mm-hmm. but then the afternoons, that's where I was, like, not so great. And that's why I went into, like – boot camps and I'd run morning yeah. boot camps and then I'd do some online stuff in the day yeah fair enough um, because my, my evenings were just no good and I yep. was almost like I was a people person in the morning yep not a people person in the evening no yeah <laughs> so I'm like very extroverted around people but yep. I need to have my time alone to like say like you say recharge yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like it's easy to be on when I'm around people, but as soon as I get home, like nothing. Yeah. Like need to turn off. Yeah. Uh, keeping with the current trends and how fast-paced it is is really important as well. Yeah, yeah. There's always new, I guess, new studies yeah. and new evidence coming out about different techniques and mm. it's important to keep on top of that not only that there's also different types of training coming out of everywhere all the time so like at the moment we're going through a big pilates Mm -hmm. and kind of reformer phase yep and it's really looking after your body and that prehab is becoming really big at the moment there's a lot of wellness Mm. centers popping up yeah it's become huge a lot of like recovery hubs and things like that yeah so that's a trend also like technology keeping up with the trends in technology because that's, that's forever changing it's quite hard to keep up yeah. with everything like that there's apps that you can use for training yeah um, i think just keeping open to things yeah. changing is really quite important yeah like if yeah. you were closed-minded and you start falling behind everybody and not yeah. offering what your clients are needing further yeah and they might ask you a question about something and say you know if it's about wellness and yeah. recovery and things that yep. they've seen because it's everywhere and then mm. you need to yeah, to answer them, so. Yeah, or know where to refer them to. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely. really quite important. Like, even keeping up with current courses as well. Yeah. So if, if you are a Fitness Australia member and keeping up, what's the new name for that? Active. Yeah, and keeping, yeah. so to keep a member there, don't you have to redo courses every year to keep your points? Yeah, there's a certain amount of CEC points you have to do yeah. each year to be able to stay registered. Yeah, um, I've never really been a fan of that yeah. just because that's not the best way I learn. I've yeah. learned through my career by going out to different classes or going under different trainers to just learn that way. And I've yeah. found that's more beneficial to me yeah. than going and spending a whole day learning how to yeah, do – yeah, yeah, to get points, yeah. yeah. There's other things you can do now which didn't used to be. Oh, really? So you can – certain journals or studies, they can go towards some points. Oh, right. Um, definitely, yeah, short courses, mm. online courses and things like that. and. I guess the purpose of it is to make sure that you are staying current. You know, if it was like yeah. a doctor that has to stay registered with some mm. sort of governing body, there's certain things they have to do to stay yeah. current and not fall behind. Yeah. Uh, starting a business from scratch, I don't think it's very often spoken about it, the whole setup and everything. Yeah. So from my experience, I took over a failing business yeah. which actually went under. And so I took 10 clients along with me I bought out all the equipment and then luckily it just happened before COVID times Mm. and then so I spent a couple of months Mm. just trying to get everything set up correctly so that when we could go out and train in a group I had everything ready to go which was great but it's not often it happens like that yeah but I I wish I knew what went into making that work yeah 
because I didn't take over the business name and I didn't take over the back end of everything, well, really couldn't take much at all. So starting from like buying your business name, getting your insurance, right standard, doing all your marketing, and like coming up with all that stuff. What about, um, I guess, in terms of like customer management, and like, were there systems that you took over or oh, did you start again? Yeah, I had to start everything again. So like that, finding apps to run everything yeah. through your payment systems, quite a lot yeah so I think that should be well known about starting a business from scratch I was just extremely lucky that I did take over the equipment and some clients but then I had to build it up because with the clients I took over wasn't going to make much money at all yeah and I guess there's so many and there's such advanced things Mm. that you can use for like CRMs to manage um your customer database but then how do you know about that if you've yeah. never heard about this stuff before? Yeah, and it's I only know about these, like, bigger ones mm. through places that I've worked because I'm using that as an employee. But yeah. outside of that, you know, you have to do your own research. And there's a lot of things you can trial yeah. and see how they work. Another thing was hiring staff. Mm. I found I was trying to find, obviously, the best way to do it yeah. and a way that to keep it simple for me and them. And so I ended up going with a contract way. Yeah. So they have their classes and they know when they're running them. And then at the end of the month, they will send me an invoice, invoice through. Yeah. But it's back to then they take their own tax out. They take their own super out. And then they, if they don't take a class, they don't get paid. Yeah. So it's back to yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. It's probably the easiest way to mm, Very much, yeah. It. Which is, yeah, the easiest way to have minimal overheads and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're doing that research before starting a business. Yeah. Is very important. Curve. Yeah. Mm. And also back to simple stuff like making your branding. If yeah. you have no design background, luckily yeah. I did, but then you're going to have to find somebody to do it. And then I had to find a company to make all our merchandise. And yeah. a lot of those you have like a minimum order as well. Mm. So trying to make them was quite hard. Mm. Yeah. You only want a small amount mm. and you can't do it. And then you have set up feeds for all your logos and yeah. everything as well. I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Nice. Uh, while we're on the topic of gyms and everything, what's in your gym bag? Well, I recently changed to a small gym bag. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason was, was because I was going to a gym that has no lockers for a little while and I didn't want to leave a big gym bag out in the open where yeah. it potentially be thieved and taken away. Yeah. So in my gym bags, very minimal things. I've got a lip gloss... My keys are usually in there with my swipe tag for the gym. Yep. A hairbrush. <laughs> All the important things my to look good in front of the mirror. Card. That's about it. And then I just carry my towel and bottle going in. Yeah, fair enough. That's it. Yeah, mine's a little bit more extensive of that just because I do train very different yeah. ways. So, like, I have my swimming goggles, my swimming cap because I use the same bag. For swimming and gym, it just might as well all be in one bag. Yeah. And because I also go from, like, the gym straight to work, so I shower there, so you have, like, your soap and everything that you need, like your hairbrush oh, and stuff. yeah, because you get ready at the gym mm. and all that, yeah. And then, because I used to be a CrossFitter, every once in a while I like to use my, my knee sleeves, yeah. my hand grips, and, yeah. like, my lifting belts. So oh, wait, that's in there. Yeah. And obviously some snacks in yeah. case you need something. And all the other stuff, like your keys and everything and your phone. Oh, yeah. Don't forget your headphones. Ah, oh, yes. Very important. I definitely bring those. What do you listen to while you're at the gym? 
Uh, a bit of everything. It just depends on, on the mood and what. what yeah. Sometimes I even listen to a podcast. I started listening to a podcast while training. You yeah. know how good I learned. Yeah. It can take your mind off things. And, mm. yeah. yeah, like learning while lifting. Yeah. I um, used to have like a bigger gym bag and I'd have like booty bands in there. Yeah, then, like, always important. Keep your booty bands. Because the gym I was going to just decided to remove all the barbell <gasps> pads. No. So one day I rocked up to do hip thrusts. Your favourite. <laughs> my favourite. There's nothing worse than uh, bruised hips uh, than after doing hip thrusts. Where have the hip thrust pads gone? So anyway, I ended up using like, I'd wrapped my jumper around the mm. barbell. That's my idea. And then my towel. Mm. I was like, what? Why are they taking these away? People are really stealing them. <laughs> People steal things. Or, you know those balancing foam pads that some yeah. gyms have? Sometimes they're really good to use as well. They would be good if they had them, but they didn't have, oh. have those either before. It's big gyms, you know. Jesus. If it's not bolted down, it's out the door. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not getting enough for your membership, why not take yeah, a piece? We have a brand new segment to our podcast this week, and it is our weekly recommendations. We haven't thought of a name for it yet, so we're going to open it up to our listeners for suggestions, and we're going to put it on our socials of what we should call this segment. Because we have so many good suggestions, we feel like you need to hear them as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what's your suggestion of the week? My suggestion slash recommendation of the week is a Netflix series. Oh, like what are you watching? watching? Well, I finished watching. Yep. Um, it's called Painkiller. Oh, what's it about? It is about opioids. <laughs> oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, it went straight to number one of Netflix. Really? I was like, where did this come from? Mm. Um, and it has Matthew Broderick. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, I thought I heard that name. Yep, yep. And so it has a few different stories. It tells a story of like the Sackler family who developed this drug mm-hmm. called Oxycontin. Oh, I've heard about this one. Yeah, and it sort of contributed to the opioid epidemic in the US. Mm. So you follow the story of how it came through that family. Yep. So the farm, the pharma company, the sales reps who were selling it to doctors. Yep. Also, a family who were affected, so there's sort of a representation of like the greater of yeah. what's happened, and then the legal stuff that was going on. Isn't this so. like one that they would give you if you had like a major operation or something, and then you get really addicted to it? Well, yeah. So um, there was one guy that broke his back in it, and he got it for for that. Yep. In his rehab, and he's in a lot of pain. But yeah, really addictive drug and people get hooked to it real quick yeah yeah right Mm. well that's a deep one it was really good i loved it how many episodes only six okay um, that's decent decent amount without like going on forever how long were the episodes as well i think about an hour okay yeah yeah could waste six hours of my life watching that that. yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so mine is do you know The Imperfects with, like, Hugh Van Kallenberg? Yes, and the I other two? saw him at the Entertainment Centre. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. But yes. Anyway, so last week they put an episode up with Dr. Richard Harris. He's an yeah. Adelaide anaesthetist. Okay. Who in 2019, remember the Thai cave uh, rescue with those, that yes. soccer team? Anyway, he was the guy that got called up to go and help them get the boys out. Yeah. So amazing episode. Go and listen. It was out on the 7th of August. But anyway, so I knew he was from Adelaide. I'm like, oh, yep, that's cool. And then I looked into it deeper, and he has his own podcast, and it's called oh. Real Risk. Yeah. He doesn't make new episodes anymore, but the episodes is about three series. They can go between about 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah. But he talks to all people who've 
been in experiences or had jobs that are really risky to be in. So people like very big wave surfers or had been a foreign correspondent, you know, Hugh Remington. He used to do all the foreign correspondence for the news in the war zones. Um, Also... Um, also, he had Jill Hicks on. Remember the lady who was in the subway? She was actually from Adelaide too, and she moved to London and was in that subway bombing. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't. I remember the subway. It I was the bombing. But, yeah. yeah. Um, back in yeah 2005. Yeah. I remember this, and I was only like seven years old that yeah. year, and I remember that being such a huge thing. And she was talking about just happened to be this day she'd been out late the night before, but every day she had the exact time she would leave home, get on the subway and everything to get to work, and she was always early. And this one day she was running late. And, yeah, and how it all unfolded and Mm. what she learnt from it and where she went forward. Very interesting. Okay, cool. I'll give that one a listen. Yeah, good one. And now it's time for... PB and PW time. PB and PW. So, do you want to start... Oh, my PB of the week is a pretty funny one. Okay. So, you know, like those iRobot, like vacuum and mobs? Yes. I bought it when I moved in my house, like Black Friday sales, maybe two years ago. Anyway, I used to use them all the time. And then with the moppy parts needed replacing the filters. Yeah. yeah. And I found they were like really expensive to swap. And yeah. so like I've just left it probably since January and forgot about it. Anyway, I went on Amazon the other day. They had like a 10-pack of them for like $20 for both. Nice. And so I ordered them this week and now they're back moving again. It's so nice. Just to like help me with the cleaning. Yeah. Because there's a lot to do when you run a household. Yeah. So Mine goes on mine, well, every day, seven days a week at oh, yeah. 9 a.m. He does a vacuum. His name is Elon. <laughs> and Monday, Wednesday, Friday does a mop. Oh, nice. It's great. Yeah, a really good recommendation. Not sponsored. Yeah. Would like to be sponsored, but no, we're not. What's your PB before we go bad? What's your PB of the week, Jenna? My PB of the week, after not having a great week, mm. but the PB would be getting a Pilates reformer hire. Oh, that's exciting. So, but that means that I'm going to finally sit my exam and yep. finalise my Pilates instructor's course. How good. Yeah. And so. Nice to be able to... Use it at home as well when you can't make it to the studio. Yeah, yeah. I've been um, doing a few classes mm. on the TV, so I've put the TV up in the spare room there. Um, and it is, you can just sort of just do it and go at your own pace. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. But what is your PW? Look, I keep going on about it, but it's the Matildas and the <laughs> World Cup is over. Yeah. I think we just had two big games this week, playing England last Wednesday night and then playing Sweden last night. We just we played so well, we just didn't make it. So yeah. we ended up being fourth, which is amazing that they've done the country very proud. Yeah. But yeah, PW, they didn't win. So, but well done, girls. Good effort, and I can't wait to see where women's sport goes moving forward. So when will the Matildas play again in the World Cup? You said it was. Oh, yes. so we have the Olympics next year. Okay. And then the next female World Cup is in four years' time. But I feel now that I have to go and find like an English Premier League female team to go and yeah to go and follow yeah because I, I just want to keep watching. Keep watching. It's yeah. been such a good month of watching lots of soccer, and yeah. I'm really into it. You're gonna and, have to get KO. No, it's actually not on KO. It's on Optus Sport. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not one of the Matildas fans who just jumped on. I've been watching them for yeah. years, but yeah. since that's the Australian team, they don't play too often, and this is 
coming up to the season now where they go back to their local teams. Yeah. So, yeah, exciting times. More I think, sport. Um, so my dad loves watching soccer. Yeah. And I think, like, our families obviously have similar similar background mm. where they're from. And yeah. soccer's a huge thing. Yeah. 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 Not so. that I've jumped on, but dad does. <laughs> <laughs> You're a social media supporter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just see the score at the end. I just see the end. Yeah. You don't go through 90 minutes of no, struggle. No, no, no. Well, when we played England the other night, it ended up being 120 minutes because they had two lots of 15 minutes oh, extra time. Yeah. Yeah. And then it went to penalties and everybody so the long, in the country was sitting. Longer. Yeah. Because it was a final that they were going into, one of them had to win. Oh. And so going into penalties, the whole country was sitting on the side of their seat. It was stressful. Whereas, like, an AFL game... It doesn't once, matter. Once the thing goes, mm. the end siren. Yeah. So Unless it is finals, I probably have a bit of extra time, but it's rare that that kind yeah. of happens. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And your PW? My PW of the week is I've got a couple of matters of personal oh. personal problems. Well, I guess a couple of matters that I've got to address and, mm-hmm. I, and potentially not cause conflict, but... Yeah, you need I to sort them to, out. Yeah, I have to, like, voice... Your opinion. My, um, yeah, yeah, my concerns and yeah. speak up for myself. Otherwise, mm. I'm going to continue to Put be your big same. girl pants on. I know, I don't want to. Okay, so there's a meme that um, is about relationships and it's about having um, someone who will... So if you're, for example, in, your, in a restaurant, mm. I absolutely butcher this, <laughs> but here's the scenario. If you're in a restaurant yep. and you're with your partner and you order dinner and your potatoes don't come, <gasps> I'm not the person that says, excuse me, my potatoes didn't come. Well, this is why we're friends because I need my potatoes and I'll ask, well, where are my potatoes? <laughs> I'm usually like, can you ask them where my potatoes are? And I'm like, oh, I can ask. <laughs> I don't want them to feel... I don't want the the waiter to feel like they've made a mistake. And I of don't course, like yeah. people to feel uncomfortable. And then I would rather just sit there and not have my potatoes than them feel like they've done the wrong I don't think you need yeah. to be rude about it. I just think there needs to be that friend who goes, excuse me, can I have my potatoes, please? Yeah. But then that person goes, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And then they feel bad and I don't want to make someone feel bad. But potatoes yeah. are life. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at with, like, a couple of things. The things are causing me pain mm. in my life that I'm just sitting there just taking because I don't want to be you the person that rocks yeah. the boat and asks for the potatoes. Well, I can't help you with the things that you're yeah. going through, but yeah. I will be here to eat your potatoes yeah. with you. That's it. That's and we'll, it. when you get them all fixed, we'll share those potatoes. And it's something that I probably need to practice and then I'll get better at. Yeah. I'm imagining that, like... You know what? Do it. It's uncomfortable. Do it for the potatoes. But you've got to do it. Mm. Or you're not going to get what you want in life. Yeah, exactly. Well, for example, the potatoes, something's going to happen to them before they become perfect. So you've got to work on it to make yourself crinkle cut. There's a, um, <laughs> a task, like it was in the How to Be Confident book with mm. James Smith, who's a PT, and one of the things he put in there is um, to, like, flex and, like, your confidence muscle right. to become a bit stronger mm. in, and be more confident that... Here is a little thing for you to do. That next time you're out ordering a coffee, yep, just say to the barista, "Can I please have a ten percent discount?" Oh, like how uncomfortable! Is I would that? never do that. No, but you know what? Another thing is, next time you're going to get coffee, give them a fake name. That is so hard to do, but it makes you think on the spot. My old housemate used to give them a, 
a fake name because he had a European name that yep. wasn't very common. And it was hard to say? Yeah, so he just gave him a different name. So then I only do it when I'm away or somewhere where I know that I won't be coming back to, but yeah. it really makes your brain work. I would be worried that they, A, know who I am or, B, someone that's standing in the line knows who I am and knows <laughs> my name. It's like... No, this is why you do it on a place that you're probably not going to come back to. Or interstate or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, if I go down to my local coffee shop in North Adelaide, yep. potentially people around everywhere, and I'm like, yeah, my name's Jane. I follow about? this chick on Instagram. Yeah. Her name ain't Jane. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting little challenge if anyone wants to go in a coffee shop and ask for a... Uh, a 10% discount just randomly. Mm. Let us know how you go with that. <laughs> We're not doing it. <laughs> no, no, no. Listeners, let us know how yeah. you go with that. <laughs> I um, make my own coffee. I don't need to go for a step. He did it because he, oh, he wrote it and was like, oh, I've got to actually do this now. Otherwise, mm. I'm going to be a, bit of a, a hypocrite. And he um, asked her and she was like, sorry. And he said, oh, I can have a 10% discount. Yeah. And then she just gave him a rewards card and said, oh, if you after the fifth coffee, you get a free one. So there's you. Mm, good so enough. It's not like the end That's of the world. That's a 100% discount after buying five. Well, you kind of bought five of them, though. Yeah, but then you get a 100% discount on your six. You're definitely not winning. Yeah, but that's more than a 10% discount over your last five coffees to get a 100% discount on your sixth one. I guess. Or if you'd only get 50% off if you got 10% off on, on five On the coffees. each one? Yeah. <laughs> It's cheaper to get a six one free. I still think, still think the coffee shop winning with the the dollar per a um, little bit of almond milk. <laughs> but make sure it's only. <laughs> oh yeah, oat milk. So what have we got coming up in the next couple of weeks? So next week we're interviewing me. Yes. So if you want to know anything about me, send through a question. We'll put a question box on the pod page this week. Things Ella is obviously interested in CrossFit and swimming, and she's done triathlons, yeah. and she's got a business. Um, but like a boot camp business and she's been to university so if you've got any questions related to any of those topics let me know yes and then we've got a few trainers coming up yeah exciting times we do we've got uh, we're going to have the, the male trainer come in who is going to speak to us about his perspective on females training lots of things a lot of expertise yeah. Lots of knowledge bombs. So anything you would like to know further, let us know and we'll have a chat about it. Yeah. But thank you for joining us. We hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Uh, have the best rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week and see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>